0: Hey, thanks for joining us here at the Vineyard Church Podcast. For more video messages and content, make sure to visit our website, vineyardwheeling.com, or download our app. There's a lot of great resources there that are free and will help you grow closer to God and help you connect with the church. Right now, let's go to our lead pastor, Chris Figueredti, for this week's message. Well good morning everyone and welcome to Vineyard Online. So excited you're here. We're kicking off a brand new sermon series today called Gone Fishing and I'm really excited about this series because I get to tell stories about going fishing and what's more fun than that. Uh, I think you're going to enjoy this series and I hope that in the midst of this series you find some things that you're looking for uh, because there are some things that we're all looking for that are going to be in this. You know, uh, several years ago, Brad Paisley, a local hero, uh, wrote a song, he was just becoming uh, popular and famous, called I'm Gonna Miss Her. It's, It's a hysterical song about, well, fishing. And the lyrics go like this. It goes, well, I love her and I love to fish. I spend all day out on this lake and hell is all I catch. Today she met me at the door and said, I would have to choose if I hit that fishing hole today, She'd be packing all her things, and she'd be gone by noon. And then in the song, Brad kind of pauses for a moment. You can tell he's thinking deeply, and then he goes into the chorus, which says this. "It says, well, I'm going to miss her when I get home, but right now I'm on this lakeshore and I'm sitting in the sun. I'm sure it'll hit me when I walk through the door tonight that I'm going to miss her. Oh, looky there, I got a bite. He gets distracted and goes on fishing. Now, the song is funny because there's an element of truth in it, you know? I mean, all good humor has an element of truth in it, but it's clearly, uh, it's clearly intended to be funny. It's satirical and it's, it's really quite a funny song. And it's really not a song about fishing. It's a song about a, extended adolescence. Uh, maybe even more so, it's a song about misplaced priorities, right? He, he prioritizes fishing over his marriage. Uh, he particip- he pr- uh, prioritizes his recreation and entertainment over his, the vows that he's taken to his, his wife. And you know, it's a funny song and all of that. Now this is a series about fishing, but more than a series about fishing, it's a, it's a, a series about purpose, and it's a series about priorities. Um, every one of us, every human being, needs something to live for that's bigger than us. It's wired into us. It's fundamentally a part of who we are at the core. You know, people with pets they've found live longer and have a better quality of life than people who don't have pets. And there are a couple reasons they suspect for that. One is just the love factor. It is, it's something that you get to love and loves you back and that's, that's fantastic and, uh, and that's life-giving. But there's also something to the fact that you have something to take care of, a responsibility, a purpose. Now, I love my dog Gus. I absolutely love Gus. We're best friends. He brings a great deal of joy to my life. But I was made for so much more purpose than just taking care of Gus. And you were made for so much more purpose than just taking care of a pet. You were made to go fishing. You know, in John chapter 4, or not John, Matthew chapter 4, we find uh, Jesus. He had grown up in a town called Nazareth in the north part of Israel. Uh, And when he turned 30, he began his public ministry and he moved. He moved to a town right on the northwest edge of the Sea of Galilee called Capernaum. And he began to teach and he began to interact with people. And people started to listen to what he had to say because they'd never heard anybody teach quite like him before. And there were, uh, Capernaum was this fantastic town. It was a resort town right on the lake. It was uh, a fishing town. The lake was full of fish and life. And there were fishermen in this town. And some of them began to listen to Jesus as he taught and and became curious about what he had to say as well. And two of them, a guy named Simon, another guy named Andrew, they were brothers, they were fishermen. Uh, Jesus was getting to know them And one day, in Matthew chapter 4, and verse 18, uh, Jesus approaches them. And so, if you have your Bibles or your device, you can open up to Matthew chapter 4. This is what it says in verse 18. It says, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish For people, at once, they left their nets and they followed him. Now, isn't that interesting? Jesus calls these two guys to follow him, and what he tells them they're going to do is they're going to go fishing. They're, They're going to go fishing. Now, for Jesus, gone fishing is code language for, we're going to go change the world. We're going to go change people's lives in a good way. And if you're looking for purpose in life, my friends, this is it. And here's what I know about you. You are looking for purpose in life. We, it's wired into who you are. It's wired into every one of us. Now, younger people were more in touch with this, right? Young people want to make a difference with their lives. They want to be a part of a cause. They want to change the world. As we grow older, we lose, <laughs> we lose touch with that a little bit. It doesn't go away. We just get busy and distracted working on other things. And then as you get into the 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 retirement years and and approaching the twilight of life, you begin to ask those questions again, maybe because you have a little bit of time, uh, and maybe because you see uh, that you don't have that much time and you still wanna make a difference with your life. Regardless, it's wired into us all the way through, distracted or not. All of us have that. Now, Jesus came to give us purpose, he came to change our lives and he came to change the world. See, we were all made, you were made by God to be in a relationship with God. And the problem that humanity faced when Jesus came was that that relationship with God across the board throughout the human race had been broken. Early on, human beings had decided that we were gonna go our own way, we were gonna do it our way, And uh, we didn't need you, God, and we turned our backs on God, and that's called sin. And the Bible says that sin separates us from God. It it busts up our relationship with him and makes it impossible. And Jesus came to earth to deal with that, to address that separation issue, that sin issue that separates us from God. And so he he came 2,000 years ago. He died on the cross because the payment or the punishment for sin was death. And rather than requiring you to pay it, he stood in your place, he stood in my place, he was nailed to a Roman cross once for all and paid the the penalty and the consequence for sin. So that if we place our faith in him, our sins are washed away, we're given a brand new start, and we can have a relationship with God. And Jesus put it this way. He said, I've come to bring life in all of its fullness. And that's what he accomplished because you will never be fully alive until you have that relationship with God. Now, Jesus also, while he was here, showed us what God was really like, that God was, God was a, a father, a loving father. He was compassionate. He had love. And, and he was willing to do anything, including sacrifice his only son so that, uh, so that you could be in a relationship with Him. Jesus came to bring you life, to heal your relationship with your Heavenly Father, to give you a brand new start, a hope and a future and a purpose to live for. And when you discover that, and when you experience the forgiveness of your sins, and when you experience a relationship with God, Life is not the same. This is how he planned to change the world and has been changing the world for 2,000 years. And the purpose he gives you, once you experience that, is to then share that hope, that love, that redemption with other people. Now, at this point, you may not have ever experienced that forgiveness or a relationship with God. And I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. And to do that, Jesus said, look, if you believe in me, you'll not perish but have everlasting life. The the, the key that unlocks the door of God's forgiveness and the key that that unlocks the, the door of a relationship with God is placing your faith in Jesus. And that's super simple. I mean, it's basically coming to the point in your life and in your heart where you say, Jesus, I believe. And you can do that right now where you're sitting. And in fact, I encourage you to do so. If you're there alone or if, even if you're in a room full of people, close your eyes and just tell God, you want to follow him. You want to experience his forgiveness. You want that relationship and that you're placing your faith in him right now. Say something along these lines. Say say Jesus, I believe I believe you came and died for me. And I need that. I need that forgiveness. Would you come into my life? Wash away my sins teach me how to follow you. I want to do that for the rest of my days. In your name, amen. Amen. Well, if you prayed along with me, please let me know. And the way you can do that, easy, easy to do, just type the word or text the word FOLLOW to the number on your screen, And if you do that, I have some resources that I want to get back to you, and and we'll get those resources to you real quickly. So just text the word follow to the number on your screen if you prayed with me to begin a relationship with Jesus today. Well, Jesus, after he calls his disciples and says, we're going to go fishing for people, right? These guys, their purpose to that point was to to go out and catch these little fish that they would catch in the Sea of Galilee, and sell them, make money, pay their taxes, pay their bills, feed their families, and then go back out and fish the next day and do it all over again. And Jesus says, look, you can keep fishing for little fish, but let's go after some big fish. Let's go after what really matters in this life. We're going to go after people and help them discover God's amazing love and redemption. And they spend the next three years doing that. Jesus is then crucified. He raises from the dead. He comes back from the dead three days later to prove that what he did on the cross really did pay for the forgiveness of sins. And then after a while, he gathers the disciples together before he leaves this earth. And in Matthew 28, he says the same thing about going fishing. He says it in different words, but in Matthew 28, verse 18 let me flip over here it says this then jesus came to them and he said this is the last thing he says to them all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me in other words i'm in charge the Father has placed me in charge of everything i have authority and i have your marching orders and this these are the marching orders this is what he wants them to do he says therefore go fishing Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Go help people find me. Help them find forgiveness. Help them find God's love and this relationship with God. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Teach them how to follow me. This is where we get the mission statement for our church, helping people find and follow God. We're going fishing. That's what it's all about. And he says this, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Now, we call this the Great Commission or the mission that Jesus gave his people. It wasn't just for the disciples that were gathered on that hill that day. It was for you and me. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have a mission, a purpose in this world that's bigger than you are, that's more important than any other mission you could have in this life, and you have a part to play in it and you have a purpose. And that brings life. Jesus' Jesus's strategy was, was a person-to-person transmission. He didn't buy a television station back then after he rose from the dead and, and start a, a, a televangelist show to get the word out that way. No, he said, look, you guys need to go fishing. Fishing is the strategy. He gave every one of us a part to play, to be spreaders of of healing and salvation and life in all of its fullness. And Jesus's redemption has been going forward like that from person to person for over 2,000 years. And at this point, well over 2 billion people have been reached that way, have experienced the love of God. Guys, this is the biggest purpose that there is. Are there other purposes in life? Yes, absolutely. I mean, one of my purposes is to be a great dad to my kids and raise them up to be independent, smart, well-adjusted human beings. Uh, my, to be a great husband to my wife, Christy, that's one of my purposes. And I've, I've got other purposes, we all do. And those things are important, but having your priorities straight is so important. What is at the top of the list? See, as I am a great dad to Josie and, and Deuce, or as I try to be a great dad to Josie and Deuce, I'm helping them find and follow God. I'm fishing. I'm doing that no matter what I'm doing. This is the overarching priority, purpose, and mission in my life as a follower of Jesus and in yours as well. It's the top of the hierarchy. Now, we all express it differently, right? Not all of us are preachers. Uh, and not all of us are supposed to be preachers, but all of us are on a mission from God. All of us are called to go fishing. When I was growing up as a kid on Big Wheeling Creek, uh, I grew up, you know, catching frogs and snakes and everything in the creek and fishing as well. And one day I walked out uh, down to the creek. I could take you to this place today. I know exactly where it is. There's a rock that kind of jets out over the creek a little bit. And I, I went out to the edge of the rock and I looked over. And there was a trout and it was a big trout it must have been okay it was probably about 18 inches long it was a big big rainbow trout and it was sitting there about three feet out from shore looking back at the rock that i was sitting on and it was just kind of you know whoop, whoop, you know like it was it wasn't moving though it wasn't moving with the current it was just sitting there and i'm like i watched it for a few minutes i thought it's not going anywhere so i went home and i got a fishing pole And I got a little salmon egg, salmon eggs are, it's not really a salmon egg, it's a a fake bait, but it it looks like a salmon egg and trout love them. And I went back down and I dropped the line in front of the, the fish, about five inches in front of the fish. And I thought, there's no way this, I mean, I've never seen a fish do this before. There's no way it's going to bite. But within a few seconds, that, that fish went after that bait and I caught the fish and, and had them for dinner. It was wonderful. Uh, great story to tell. Never caught a fish like that up to that point and have never caught one since. Maybe a once in a lifetime fishing situation. At another time, uh, just up the creek in front of our house, there was this golden trout that was jumping uh and up through the rapids and it was coming up out of the water and it had jumped a few times and i happened to be down on the creek with my bb gun and it jumped and i shot it mid-air and i got the trout so i caught a trout that way as well that, i know it's hard to believe but it is actually true that actually happened um, and uh, so but never before and never since have i caught a trout that way there are these once in a lifetime moments uh, and that's true when you're fishing for men, too. You get these once-in-a-lifetime moments, they're awesome. People tell their stories about those and you're like, I could never do that, and you probably couldn't. But maybe, maybe there will be a time where you have a once-in-a-lifetime moment. But generally speaking, we, well, fishermen and fisher women, they all fish in different ways, different styles, different types of fish that we go after, right? The disciples were using a net. They were, they were fishing commercially and catching the fish and just dragging that behind the boat, kind of like a tuna fisherman off the coast of Alaska today, would drag their nets behind the boat and collect the fish and take them to market. So that's one kind of fishing. My friend Larry likes to fish for steelhead up at Lake Erie. Steelhead's kind of an inland salmon. They come in off of Lake Erie and swim up the streams. And he has so fallen in love with steelhead fishing that he goes up to Lake Erie all the time. He actually has a camper in a campground right on the lake. And he goes up there for a week at a time, walks out into the stream. And they're hard to catch, but he's gotten really good. He's gotten so good at it that he he brings me steelhead when he comes back down from Lake Erie because he can't eat it all. He's gotten so good at it. But that's kind of his style of fishing. Other people like fly fishing. You know, where you, you tie the fly and, and, and you figure out what they're going to eat on what day, depending on the cloud cover and the cycle of the moon and everything else. And, and it's this art form. And people were standing out in streams in the mountains of West Virginia or Montana, you know, back and forth. And it's a beautiful, it's, it's an art. It's a different type of fishing. I have another friend I just talked to last night who just got back from deep sea fishing. He loves going down to Florida and going out into the ocean and catching sharks and 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 grouper and big fish like that. And that's his style of fishing. There's the 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 classic West Virginia bass fisherman, and this is what I grew up doing mostly. You know, you go out and you get your your seine and you you go out in the rapids and you collect your Helger mites and your crawdads or you go dig some worms and you find a, a nice fishing hole and you sit down on the bank and you and you tie into a smallmouth or a largemouth bass and it's awesome, so much fun. One time my dad and I were on a trip to Alaska and we stopped at this little roadhouse on a on a river about a hundred miles east of Denali National Park and it just so happened that not only could you get breakfast and a room to stay in at this uh at this roadhouse, but you could get in a boat and the the guy who owned it would take you up the river for grayling fishing. And so he dropped us off. We spent two days camped next to this little river uh, with a bald eagle that would fly over trying to get our fish as we caught them and and moose that would walk. It was amazing. But grayling are these little trout-like fish. They've got a big dorsal fin. Um, the rear fin and they can fight like crazy and they're really yummy and we caught probably a couple hundred that day So am I a grayling fisherman? Well, I was I was then and boy was that a lot of fun I'd like to go do that again My point is guys there are a bunch of different styles of fish and there are a bunch of different styles of Fishing because of that and the same thing is true with people when we go fishing for people to spread God's love and and redemption and grace and life in all of its fullness W- different people respond differently. God calls different people to reach different people because he has uniquely made you and given you unique experiences to prepare you to reach the people he's prepared you to reach. I have a friend, Ron, for years we would go down to his hunting camp and Ron, Ron was fishing. He wasn't hunting, he was, a, he was a great deer hunter, but the first week of deer season we would go down there and he had some Christian friends and he had some non-Christian friends and he would invite us all down and we would sit around the fire and tell stories. And we threw tomahawks and bayonets and knives and all kinds of stuff. And it was just a manly week, but, but Ron was fishing. He was giving his friends who didn't know Jesus an opportunity to get to know Jesus by getting to know his friends who did. And it was, it was a fishing expedition more than it was a hunting expedition. And that was kind of Ron's niche. Right? Some of you have the gift of hospitality, and you love having people over to your house, your neighbors over, and, and, and share a meal, and they get to know Jesus as they get to know you. I have another friend, Adam, who is a, a four-wheeler. Uh, he, he races four-wheelers and, uh, nationally. And uh, four-wheeling is, is a blast, and I'm sure he enjoys that, but that is, not a, that is not a life-giving purpose. See, when Adam's out on the circuit racing, he's also fishing. Uh, and that's, that's his niche, right? Some of you are on social media and that's your niche and that's, that's the kind of fishing God has set you up to do. Some of you are foodies or, or into art or guns or music and, and a, a variety of different things. And God will use... Whatever you're into and however he's wired you up and the people that he's given you to run with, and that's the kind of fishing that you're wired up to do. You might have those once in a lifetime opportunities to to fish in a different way or fish in a dramatic way and those, those happen, but generally speaking, we stay in our lanes and that's okay. Some of you are moms and you're a mom to the whole neighborhood, all the kids come to your house. That's a fishing opportunity. Keep sharing the love of Jesus with those kids guys the important thing is not what style of fishing you're doing it's that you're living on mission that you're living for fishing I would love to have a bumper sticker that says living for fishing and I don't even fish regularly it's not a passion of mine like regular fishing but I would love to have that just to remind me whenever I look at it this is what my life is about this is the overarching purpose see If you're a follower of Jesus, and if you're not, let me say this, if you're not a follower of Jesus, you need to become a follower of Jesus because it's the best life you could ever live. And this is the best purpose you could ever live for, sharing God's love and forgiveness and redemption with people. And he calls all of us who are his followers to be purveyors of love. It's why you're here. I mean, if it weren't his strategy for us to share with others and to to go fishing when you come to faith in jesus he could just zap you up to heaven and you're you're done but the strategy and the plan was that we would go fishing it's the very heartbeat of god and as you follow god it becomes more and more your heartbeat as well but here's what happens and here's why we even need to have this message today and it's called mission drift mission drift And what happens with mission drift is our main thing, our main purpose gets murky, or it gets put down lower on the priority list. And it's deadly. Companies that experience mission drift begin to decline because nobody's quite sure what it is that they're all about. I mean, because a company is a complex organization and there are a lot of different things that have to happen, but they have to line up under that main thing, under the mission, under the purpose. You know, same thing happens with churches. When churches forget that we're here to fish and become all about learning everything you can learn. I mean, and learning's important and it needs to be part of what we do as churches, but it's, it's gotta line up under fishing. It's gotta line up under the main thing. When that happens to churches, churches begin to die. And as a follower of Jesus, as an individual, when you forget your purpose, when you forget the main thing you're here for, you will begin to wither spiritually And otherwise it doesn't go well for you it's mission drift and it's not that we don't do other things we do do other things it's that we have our priorities straight that we have this prevailing purpose that everything else falls under and if you want to thrive in this life you have to have your priorities straight and fishing needs to be at the top of the list you know Jesus taught this principle of pouring out he said if you pour out God will pour back in if you give God will give to you and he'll multiply it back to you there's there's this idea that if we keep sharing what God has given us he gives us more so that we can keep sharing and it's this cycle that brings life right um, the more you pour out the more God will pour back into your lap Jesus says press down and overflowing You can't outgive God, is the way we say it in the modern world, in the modern era. Um, And a great illustration of that are the two big inland bodies of water in Israel. One of them is is the Sea of Galilee, where Jesus lived in Capernaum on the Sea of Galilee, right? And it's teeming with life. It's full of all kinds of of life and vibrancy. And the Sea of Galilee has a, a stream that comes in at the top of it. And feeds the lake and it has a stream called the Jordan River at the bottom of it that comes out of it and Because the water is flowing in and flowing out the the Sea of Galilee is always full of fresh new life But if you follow the Jordan River down through Israel in the southern part of the country There's a body of water They call the Dead Sea and the Dead Sea is dead. There's a reason it's called the Dead Sea. Nothing can live in it It is toxic And the reason it's toxic is because that water flows into the Dead Sea and because it's at a low point on the Earth's surface, no water flows out of it, it evaporates. And as it evaporates, it leaves behind minerals and all kinds of other things and it has become toxic over time. Guys, the same thing is true for our souls. When we stop sharing, when we stop pouring out this hope that we've found, our souls will grow toxic over time as well you will not live life in all of its fullness. You will not have the purpose that brings, that brings vibrancy to your life. And when that purpose gets confused or ends up lower on the list, the same thing begins to happen. But when you live on mission, life has purpose, life has direction. When you live on mission, life has meaning and life has momentum. And so, over the next three weeks, we're gonna be looking at, at three ways to fish with Jesus. Just some practical, just real practical nuts and bolts. This is, this is how you can engage this because maybe you don't even know how. And the first one that we're gonna talk about this week is come and see. Come and see fishing. It's the easiest kind. Anybody can say come and see. As you read the book of John, the early disciples, as Jesus was first starting to interact with these guys, they would go get some friends or some family members and then like, you, you know, I, I think I met somebody who's really important. They're like, really? I mean, you know, talk to me about it. And they, and they finally say, look, you just got to come and see, just come spend some time with them. And they would, and, and it would change their lives. Come and see fishing is totally biblical. It's something that you can do, whether you've been a Christian for 50 years or for five minutes. And it might be, maybe there's a, a Christian concert at the, at the Capitol Theater at some point. Buy an extra ticket and grab a friend and say, hey, I've got a, I bought this extra ticket, let's go grab some food and it's on me and let, let's go check out this concert. Maybe it's asking somebody to go hunting with you and just spending some one-on-one time in the woods. Maybe it's, it's hanging out with friends, you know, having a, having a party. When Jesus called one of his disciples, Matthew, Matthew was a, was a tax collector. All his friends were considered sinners. They were kind of the shady crowd. And the first thing Matthew did was have a dinner party. He invited Jesus and all of his followers, and then all of his sinner friends, and they all got together, and, and they found out that Jesus was different, and Jesus was, was awesome. And so maybe it's, it's, it's hanging out with friends. It's, it's come and see. Come and see Jesus by coming and seeing and getting to know my friends who have Jesus living in their hearts. Maybe it's just come hang out with me, go do something, a hobby together, or whatever. Or maybe it's as simple as saying, "Come to church with me." Come to church with me, which is really easy right now, by the way. An invite, an online invite, is easy, um, <laughs> and I encourage you if you're not doing that, do that. And it's easy for them to show up because they can come and check it out without having to worry about what to wear or what's going to happen with their kids or any of those kinds of things. And you know what? During times of crisis, like the one we're in now, people are interested. They're asking questions and they want to know answers to those questions. They're looking for purpose and they're looking for meaning in all of this. And an invitation might just be accepted more readily right now. So. In this season, absolutely be inviting people, share on Facebook, like our services on social media, invite people on social media, send out emails to everyone you know. You know, at the beginning of the coronavirus, my aunt, uh, who comes to our church, uh, had this idea. She was going to go fishing. And so she wrote a letter to all of her neighbors, and she wrote a letter to all of her family members that she has been praying for for years and years and years, who need to find Jesus. And she sent this letter out and said, "Look, my nephew's preaching, and uh, and we're in the time of you know we're in a crisis time, and I want to invite you to check out church. Come on out to church with me, so to speak. You know, it's it's all online. But you know what? She's fishing. She's not an online person. She's not working social media. That's not her style of fishing." But she wrote a letter and she has got person after person telling her how they have been coming to church and hearing about Jesus and finding hope and life and forgiveness and redemption and life in all of its fullness. Man, that's good. That is a purpose to live for. And so let me encourage you to live for that purpose. Next week, we're going to be talking about God's heartbeat. And we're gonna look at, at telling your story, so make sure you're here for that. But I wanna leave you with this. More important than how you fish, more important than who you fish for, more important than how many fish you catch, is that you've gone fishing. That it is your mission. That it is at the top of the priority list. That fishing is your mission each and every day. When you live on mission, Your life makes sense. Your life has momentum. You have an adventure to get up out of bed for every day and go on. You get to be a part of making a difference, of changing people's lives, of changing the trajectory of families, of impacting people's eternities. It's powerful. And yet so many of us Jesus followers end up living for other things. It's not that we forgot about this, it's just that it's moved lower on the priority list and we end up living for our careers or our families or our hobbies. And you were made for more. So let me leave you with this question. How about you? Have you gone fishing? Let's pray. Jesus, thanks for coming after us. Thanks for offering us redemption and grace and forgiveness and a life in all of its fullness. And thanks for giving us the purpose of sharing that with other people. Help us to be a people who fish. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining us here at The Vineyard. It's our greatest desire to see you find and follow God, and we hope that this podcast has helped you do just that. For more video messages and content, make sure to visit our website, vineyardwheeling.com, or download our app. Again, thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you next time.